There we go. What happened there? That was very weird. Good evening, everybody. Andy Evans here, of course. Joining me, as always, is Stefan Bennett. It's Tuesday night. It's 7.30. That can only mean one thing. It's TSC time, baby. Um, what's interesting, and, and I've got to address this straight off the bat. So Stefan normally joins the show with a TSC background, you know, promoting the brand, promoting the show. Um, this week, you're in the middle of a Trish Leader sandwich. Mm. You lucky bugger. Yeah, it's, happened, it's happened a couple of times over the years, but yeah, why not? Just like now, change it up a little bit. I would add a little bit more colour to the background. Uh, so, I, I, so, yeah. You know. Now, I, I take it that was WrestleCon uh, at WrestleMania last year. It was at Dallas, yeah. The first time I met him was at the infamous... Uh, London WrestleCon in 2015, um, which uh, people don't really talk about because it was god awfully run. Um, but yeah, I got to catch up with them at WrestleCon in Dallas last year, which was awesome. So yeah, nice. Always good to see them. Nice. How you doing, buddy? You good? I am. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, it's good uh, to finally get to because we've been we've been talking a lot about this off air. Uh, the build-up to this draft, uh, how we're going to do this today. We're going to be joined by our guest uh, in, in a while as well. So I'm really excited for this episode. I can't yeah, let's, let, let's just hope it goes right. Yes, because if this all falls flat on its face, there's only one person that you're all going to blame. Stefan, because uh, it was Stefan's idea. Mine. Uh, right, coming up this week on the show, we have got the TSC Newsline Top 5 News Bits of the Week. It always turns into a little bit more because... By God, I write the show, and 24 hours before the show happens, a load of things happen, including possibly Invasion 2.0, this time AWWWE. We'll talk more about that in a second. We've got TSE Storytime, which is going to be Stefan's. We've got Newsline Extra. We've got the Talking Point, which, as Stefan alluded to earlier on, is all about the WWE draft. And this week... We have each taken a brand, and we're going to talk about if we were doing the draft, how would we book it? So a little bit of fantasy booking. We'll talk more about that in a second. We've got Rewind, and we've got TSE Top Picks. So a big show this week, and if you want to be part of the family and come and join us and let your voices be heard, you can do. If you're watching on the YouTube channel right now, just leave us a comment, and we'll pop it on screen, long as it's family-friendly. That's always the catch um if you would like as well to watch on facebook at facebook.com forward slash tsc wrestling podcast then you can do you can click on the event and you can watch us live we are on twitch broadcasting live to the masses right now at tsc wrestling podcast or you can even watch us on the twitter machine and no elon musk i am not paying 5.99 a month to get a blue tick but you can do that on wrestling tsc and on all of those platforms you can leave us a comment you can interact with all of us live and exclusive okay so let's get to it shall we this is the top five we'll be back in a sec You know, it really is a 90s game show. I say that every week, but it is so much of a game show. Well, he's arrived early, so let's bring him into the chat. From Pro Wrestle Dorset, mm. this is Sam Mellows. Sam, how you doing? Yeah, going all right. Bit of tech issues to start off with from my end, but uh, we're all okay. 
Excellent. All right, so let's kick off the top five this week with news about WWE and surprisingly Warner Brothers Discovery because there's been a lot of Sam's fingers in the camera. There's been a lot of interest this week about the TV partner for All Elite Wrestling, Warner Brothers, possibly being interested in the media TV rights for WWE. Now, the former USA Network uh, Vice President of Original Programming, James Andrew Miller, appeared on a podcast called SI Media and basically said, yes, they would be interested. And also, why would you keep it on Monday nights? There's a lot of sport going around if we look at Monday night football and being preempted for the Westminster Dog Show. So why would you not move it to another evening? So what do we think? WBD about to drop AEW and go after the WWE? Go on, Sam. You you you, yeah. you can jump in on this one first. Oh, uh, I'm really like, I want I want it to happen, but also I don't want it to happen. I think that personally, for me, how it's all set up at the moment is absolutely fine. Why change something that's already good? But if we're going to get a good old Monday Night Wars again, well, who's who's to blame? Who's to I like moan about it? To be fair, but that's my own personal opinion. <laughs> I like I- a bit of a war. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like a bit of a war as well. No, maybe not in the wrestling industry anymore because it gets quite emotional. Um, I don't think we're ever going to get into that Monday Night Wars era again. I think the closest we got to that was when Impact tried to do it in the Hogan-Bischoff era, which was always going to be a failure. But what really surprises me is the fact that TNT, um, not TNT, A is starting well in it, really. AEW are going to be doing a Saturday night show uh, at 6.05. we got more news on that coming out later, which is the old worldwide slot for WCW on TBS. Um, All Access has debuted on TBS. You've got Battle of the Bouts on TNT. You've got the, the speculation of the rights for the TV for WBD going through to late 2024. The media rights for WWE are also up and apparently from what we've heard peacock have got the exclusive wwe rights for pay-per-views for six years and the network so is this the beginning of the endeavor effect that's what we're going to call it from now on it's the endeavor effect on wwe because espn are also interested in working and doing content with wwe too much or do we see some changes I, I personally think we will see changes because of the sheer factor of like what Endeavor are bringing in. So it's that factor of Endeavor bringing in all these outlets that who are so open to work with them that WWE have had problems with so long because of Vince McMahon. No offense to him, but he has brought his own troubles. People haven't really wanted to touch that with a barge block points. Some people have, some people haven't. But then now Endeavor's involved, they're a bit like, oh, maybe we do want to get involved. But are we going to, yeah, but I think the, the thing with that, though, is are we going to be seeing too much? I mean, is there ever too much wrestling on TV? Absolutely. By the time you watch, no. God knows how much WWE and AEW. If you're thinking about, let's say, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, you've got ESPN that are interested. They're going to want a weekly live show. If WBD come into effect, are they going to be taking Raw and SmackDown? Is everything going to come under there? Could we be seeing more flagship programming for the WWE, which basically means that you're going three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, two hours of NXT on USA or whatever the channel, a two-hour program for ESPN, a two-hour program for WBD, and the pay-per-view content as well. Or, and this is the other thing, and this is what they haven't just considered, 
is this a way of ending the relationship with Peacock, getting more money on WBD and moving the network completely over to Warner Brothers Discovery now? Personally, I think the, the, the Peacock thing has kind of failed um, since it started. I mean, I know a lot of wrestling fans that are based in the US uh, where all WWE content is available on Peacock when they shut down the network outs, like, you know, within the US and moved everything over there. There's been teething issues since day one. People don't like the platform. They don't like the way it's all done. Uh, personally, for me, I would rather... Uh, there'd be consistency with the programming and have it all under one uh, network. Um, you know, you, you've seen in recent years how different SmackDown's been to Raw. You know, Fox, when they've had SmackDown, you know, they've been wanting to pour money in there saying, right, we want a better product. We want uh, it to be better than what Raw is. Uh, we, you know, you've got to please us kind of things. And it's kind of worked because SmackDown in recent years has been the best brand, uh, the more enjoyable, the more watchable brand um, out of the two big ones. Um, so I would like to see Raw get the same treatment because it's crazy that in this day and age, we look at Raw, at how weak and how plain and dull Raw gets when Raw's the longest weekly running episodic TV show in history and how famous, you know, the, the, the name Monday Night Raw was. It was a must-see product. You know, every Monday night, it was a must-see product, especially through the Attitude Era and through the Ruthless Aggression Era. It was a must-see product. Now... For a lot of people, not so much. Um, so I would like to see it go under one thing and everyone say, right, okay, this is what we want you to give us and we'll pull the money in to, to help you. But the, 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 other in, the other interesting thing here as well is the fact that Warner Brothers Discovery in the UK mm -hmm. have taken BT Sport. So BT yes. Sport and Eurosport have now merged into Discovery and it's going to be part of the Discovery Plus platform from what we understand. Now, BT Sport is the UK home of WWE. Um, All Elite Wrestling is also part of Warner Brothers Discovery. So an interesting cross-section there. Mm. Potentially, who knows what's going to happen here in the UK in terms of the TV rights. You could be seeing All Elite Wrestling on BT Sport with WWE if this deal goes through i mean that is when did we ever think we would be in a situation where we'd be talking about dynamite rampage whatever the 605 show is going to be called and raw smackdown and nxt being on the same domestic platform i'd I mean, love that, that. I'd, I'd love that i mean i if, if it's going to bring us um the opportunity for someone who subscribes to bt sport uh, anyway um to have a live uh, dynamite and that every week as well uh, as opposed to having to wait you know a few days a couple of days a few days for it to air on uh, itv um i'm all for that um that way we're not lagging behind uh i, I would prefer that to be the case um but yeah it's saying that uh, would be very interesting if you know that was to be the case well, I think we're going to be keeping the eye. We're going to. Be, I've been at work since I passed four this morning. Leave me alone. We're going to be um, keeping an eye on this situation and all of the media rights because remember, gentlemen, this is why Vince McMahon came back to the WWE to get the best interest in the WWE media rights, and of course, they sold it. Now, one person who also went back to the WWE was the gentleman villain Lord William Regal, a true legend in the industry now earlier this weekend he released a series of now deleted tweets commenting on why he decided to leave all elite 
as well as the exact timeline of conversations with Tony Khan. Regal also wanted to put to rest the idea that he manipulated Khan into releasing him since it was around the time that Tony's mother was dealing with serious health issues. And as we said, those tweets have now been deleted. Now, Stefan, we will get into this in a second, but I want to take you back to the end of last year when we were doing the show, because we were one of those outlets that turned around and said, why would you let William Regal go? Surely if you're Tony Khan, you would want to keep him regardless. You keep him locked in that contract. Why would you want him to go? And there was an outlay of maybe Regal has manipulated the situation. Uh, but he says, and we quote, just so anyone wants to know the truth, I know Tony summed up a few conversations we had with Quick Answer. FYI, Tony called me at 9 p.m. on a Sunday night and I discussed my reasons for leaving were time spent where I won't want to be, I think he meant to say. Then, and I only then did he tell me where he was and what problems he was having. I told him to get off the phone, take care of his family, and he shouldn't be talking to me now. I also realized he has summed up conversations with brief answers. We eventually talked about me leaving two weeks later in Jacksonville. Time and time spent was the reason for my leaving. No agenda for anything else. I have lived through some serious times in 2018, 2019, and I realized time is all I have. I had a great time in All Elite and are thankful for the time I spent there with many of my close friends and the amazing crew. I'll pick up on that in just a second. I just want to make that public so people stop misinterpreting it. It's sad that people in our job can't realize that you can't be, that you can be a decent human being without having an agenda or taking advantage. This is the last time I will mention this. Again, I would like to thank AEW for their gracious acceptance of me and for Tony to take me on board. I made the most of my time there and I never, in capitals, double-crossed anyone. Does that put it to bed? I don't know. Somebody... It won't ever put it to bed. No, that won't ever put it to bed. Um, people are still ask questions whether or not, you know, regardless if Regal was turned around and said, this is, you know, the last I'll say on it, whether that will end up being the case or whether he'll feel the need to have to justify further. Um you know, personally, the way I see it, it from my perspective is WWE is his home. I th he never wanted to leave there in the first place. He had the option to go back. Um, I think he was probably open and honest with Tony about it. And Tony's kind of turned around and said, well, I can't keep you if you're not going to be happy, if this isn't where you want to be. And he's done the right thing and, and released him and let him go. But who knows well you you say that you say that you know tony could turn around and say i don't want to keep you if you don't want to be here we got news coming up mm -hmm. in the draft section of where the wwe have done exactly that but we'll yep. touch on that in just a second sam what's your take on it because you know when regal was in all elite wrestling he was the pinnacle one of the stars of the show um God, that sounded like, I don't know who that sounded like, the stars of the show. Matt, uh, Bruce Matt Kelly on uh, The Stars in Your Eyes? <laughs> yeah, possibly. Maybe. That's showing our age. Um, he yeah. really was one of the stars of the show. That promo with MJF, the, the stuff he did with the Blackpool Combat Club, although I think now they're actually doing better stuff without Regal on, on Dynamite. Yeah. What's your take on it? Should, so, he, should he have been let go? Uh, yeah. End of date. Uh, yes. Um I think at the end of the day, it's one of the, I'll say it day so many times, but um, I think the thing for me is that Tony did the right thing, letting him go and letting him go do what he wants. 
he didn't really want to leave, like you say, leave WWE in the first place anyway. It's his, it's his baby. He, it's, he's loved it all these years, from when he back when he was steaming Regal to really Regal when he had um, What a Man as his theme tune. He never wanted to go. I think he saw maybe the whole fact of grass is greener on the other side. And actually, it wasn't so much for him. For him, the green grasses of home is back on WWE. But that's my own personal view. Um, I'm a massive, yeah. I'm a massive Regal fan, and I, I really, 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 really want to see him down the line when the time is right. Is to ha- be his son's manager. I think it'd be in- mm. incredible him coming down to the ring with Charlie Dempsey, but rename him Charlie Regal. Oh, or Charles Regal, whatever you want to call him, I, I would, I would, I would pop like there's no tomorrow. January. I've got to agree with him on that. I've got to agree with him on that. Uh, I'd love to see him back on. I, I'd, like, I, I want him back on our screens, regardless. Um, whether he's managing Charlie, his son, or whether he's back in like a GM role, I want to see more of William Regal because I really enjoy when he's on the screen. Uh, everything from when he's serious to when he's joking around. Um, you know, when there's like little. Um, you know, kind of, he has these little private jokes with talent on screen, which um, sometimes you look and go, oh, that was a bit strange, but you know there's a, 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 yeah. a, a an amusing reason behind that. The only thing I disagree with Sam in, it was is the whole grass is greener on the other side thing, because as we know, Regal didn't want to be released from WWE. It wasn't a case of like, oh, I'll go over there and see. It was that he was free. They offered him a job and why turn it down if you've got nothing yeah. else on it at that, at, that, at that time? But apart from that, you know, he's 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 home with WWE. It's where he belongs, and uh, I'm glad he's back. Okay, um, so I sorry. just hope he comes back onto TV by uh, War Games later on this, so he can go. Oh, war yeah. Games. I absolutely love Triple H acknowledging Regal whilst he was still an AEW employee, uh, saying it's not the same without you. I thought that was such a beautiful touch, and. Uh, and it goes to show that under Triple H, uh, if it had been Vince running it all from then on, there wouldn't have been any acknowledgement. The fact that this is one of the things I love about Triple H, he's more open to accepting those who have moved on from the company that still leave some kind of a legacy or or something like that. It goes to show that under Triple H, when we talk about forbidden doors, like, for example, letting Nakamura wrestle on Great Muta's farewell uh, tour and things like that, if we're ever going to get a forbidden door with WWE, it's going to be under Triple H, if ever. It's going to be under his uh, stewardship. Can you imagine doing a forbidden door with WWE, Impact, AAA, New Japan, AEW, and yeah. it would be amazing. Just a couple of things I yeah. want to pick up that you've both said. Totally agree with you, Sam. Um, Lord Charles Regal should be debuting at the Royal Rumble with... Uh, William Regal coming down to ringside. And I think the closest we're going to get to seeing him on TV is January because he's under a year's non-TV appearance deal. Mm. That was part of the conditions of the release. Although I'm gutted because, you know, yes, I would love for Survivor Series 2024, 2023 to open up with Regal in the ring, doing a cold open saying war games and then straight to the promo package. Yeah, yeah. Interesting though, you say like obviously he's not on TV. What is that his voice as well? Because why not have it that he does a voiceover? Anything yeah. as far as I've anything. It's anything that might get the <laughs> the symbolism of William Regal out there. So they could do I, it. I, I ar- think they'd be able to play they could I do it in an archive package. Play, yeah, yeah, an archive, yeah. But not new audio commentary until yeah. 
January. I just want him on my teddy box again. Well, I think <laughs> if you if you think about WWE 2K24, when that comes out next year, I would imagine at this point they'll be doing uh, motion capture or audio commentary with Regal, and you might actually be able to get War Games into the War Games match mm. somehow. I uh, I very sadly will admit that I have a soundbite of Regal going War Games, and when I play a War Games match, I play it on my phone. Um, there we go. Uh, next bit of news is all about All In, because who would have thought it? What is wrong with me tonight? Who would have thought this past weekend with the FA Cup semi-final between Manchester United and Brighton, which took place at Wembley, you would have seen major advertising for a wrestling event taking place at Wembley. It was all over the place. Banner advertisements throughout that entire match. Now, on average, what do you think the viewership would have been for that FA Cup semi-final? Was that, I know nothing about football, was that on BBC or ITV or BT? Uh, it was on BBC. So it was on BBC, so mainstream yeah. terrestrial. Yeah. So you've got to be thinking hundreds of thousands in terms of the viewers. Oh, right? maybe millions. So 60-odd thousand people in attendance in the crowd? And the if they don't get a sellout now for the amount of advertising that Khan's mm. putting into it and, and Wembley are putting into it, there's yeah. a problem with that product. This is what we discussed before. I, I said to you, it, it would sell out anyway because it's the very first AEW uh, event pay-per-view as well in the UK. Yeah. So that the historical significance of that alone will will want people to be a part of that and say, I was there when AEW uh, debuted with All In at Wembley Stadium. It sells itself. Regardless. How legit so, does it make All Elite, how main, major stream does it make All Elite look by being advertised on mm. Wembley Stadium? And from what I heard, it was even announced over the PA system as well about All, all In coming to the event. Um, all In coming to the event? AEW coming to Wembley? What is... I think I think someone made a really good point on um, TikTok. Um, I, I, I am somewhat learning how to use TikTok properly. Um, I, the boom over here that it is me. Um, but I saw a really good video where someone made the point that at the end of the day, if you look at how they're doing it, could All In be AEW's WrestleMania? Every year they go to a stadium. They make it, doesn't mean it has to be England, but every year... All In is what it's called for their big, big show of the year that they work to every year. That's where always their version of WrestleMania. But then I, my one thought was with it is, does it need, do they need their own WrestleMania? Or are they just trying to carbon copy WWE? But my, my view is, it's a fair point. Don't do stadiums the rest of the year. Just do one show a year in a stadium. I think my argument to that would be all out, all in already is their version of WrestleMania, isn't it? That is kind of like their season yeah. finale. And I agree with you. I think they've been talking about doing stadiums for quite a while. And of course, they never actually pulled the trigger for whatever reason. Get the, get the elite reference. Didn't actually pull the trigger until if I have to explain it, it doesn't really work, um, you know, for, for a while. But I agree. I think make it into a stadium, give it some precedent because WCW did it. Starcade was always their, their mm. premier event. And why do it around March, April time? Do it in August. But the only issue with that is you are combating SummerSlam. Yeah. Because that's the second stadium event, mainstream stadium event that WWE do. You have Mania, you have SummerSlam, and then 
everything else like um, Crown Jewel, etc., or even yeah. United Champions of Champions, and that is you know Saudi Arabia and that. So that's it's, it's different. Um, We've also got the Royal Rumble now. <laughs> They're doing yeah, the yeah, Rumble, yeah, Royal Rumble appears to be like it's going to be in stadiums from now on going forward as well. Which fair enough, you know. I, I would imagine all of the big four are now going to be moving to stadiums. You know, the Rumble, Mania over two nights, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series, but. I mean, this is going off a bit of a different tangent. I can see WWE under Endeavor doing SummerSlam as a WrestleMania event, i.e. two nights. Possibly. Possibly. Because they're trying to say it's the second biggest event of the year, right? It's now bigger than the Royal Rumble. It's the second longest running event in the history of the company. Um, Hmm. So I don't know. Actually, no. It's the third longest event because the F- Survivor Series came out in '87. Yeah. SummerSlam was '88. Royal Rumble was '88, but not official pay per view until '89. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is Survivor Series. Survivor um, Series was '87, wasn't it? But Survivor Series has lost mm-hmm. any sort of clout. They put so much precedence under SummerSlam, where you're going to get something big. So I don't know. I yeah. can just see them doing. Well, it's because Survivor Series basically went from what it was with its conception for for many years to then becoming just an average pay per view, which weren't really all that good. Uh, but now, if they're introducing War Games and so let's say, for example, War Games is be- going to become an annual thing for Survivor Series, fair enough. I kind of hope that's not the case because, as I've said, I'm not a fan of these gimmick mm. pay per views. Uh, I'm glad they've scrapped Hell in a Cell now and we've got Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. We've got a Hell in a Cell match. Scrap Money in the Bank, put the Money in the Bank ladder matches back at WrestleMania. I would like there to be some kind of build-up and then all of a sudden we might get Regal come out and go, oh, you know, you're going to uh, face each other at, I don't know, whatever pay-per-view is coming up or whatever. And that, uh, it's going to be war games. And like everyone be like, oh, we didn't see that coming. Same thing with Elimination Chamber. Scrap the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. I mean, when we used to get people turn around and say, right, you're going to defend your title against blah, 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 in Elimination Chamber. You know, the element of bringing back that element of surprise where we don't expect it's going to happen. We can maybe, you know, think, oh, maybe we're leading to a Hell in a Cell match or Elimination Chamber match or War Games match, but we're going to get excited for if that announcement's going to get made and we don't know when it's going to be, as opposed to, oh, well, Hell in a Cell's pay yeah. is coming up, so we know we've got Hell in a Cell. Yeah. You know, throw that in there like that. I, I think that's an avenue that AEW could go down, though, because you know, if you talk about Survivor Series, it's lost its way. So why mm. not do an event that is old school in its booking in terms of There's elimination? There's more than enough. There's more than enough people on all the rosters between Raw, SmackDown and NXT to do Survivor Series the oh, way yeah. it always was. Have every match, um, Survivor Series elimination match, and then have uh, one or two title matches, uh, main championship matches as the main events. Well, keeping with All In news, um, the UK's own Soraya uh, spoke with the folks from Metro uh, to promote All In pay-per-view. During the discussion, the Outcast member spoke about her excitement for the show, as well as how she anticipates a lot of emotions on the night. She said, I'm wanting to be involved in the UK show, and God forbid, I can't see how she can't be. Um, I feel so fortunate to think that hopefully I'm on the show. Tony, I'll hunt you down. I know where you work. I'll beat your ass. I'll kick everyone's ass. Hopefully it's a package deal with the outcasts. And then you have people like Britt, Jamie, all these people coming along on a lot of emotions around the show. There's so many different emotions. I feel like being there is going to make me cry in a good way. It's just a homecoming kind of thing. 
I haven't performed there in a long time. It's going to be good to be in front of my home country people too. So, it, yeah, if Soraya is not on that card for All In, then there's a real mistake on All Elite, and I can't see why she wouldn't be now. It's criminal. It, it, it has to happen. I mean, she would probably get one of the best reactions of the night. Um, that goes without saying. Uh, and to do it at Wembley Stadium, which is the country's premier stadium um in front of your home fans uh your family friends it's got to be done she's been away for so long as well uh, i know she's done appearances for waw her family's uh promotion up in norwich i know she's done little appearances here and there for them but this is mainstream this is histo uh, history making uh premier aew pay-per-view in the uk wembley stadium you've got to have her on the card um, absolutely, 100%. You know, we talked last week about what the reaction was going to be for Adam Cole, baby, mm. when he appears at Wembley. And we pitched a scenario about imagine if Adam Cole winning the AEW World Championship, mm. which I still reckon is going to happen. In fact, that's my, my prediction now. And you can bank that for, for all in. Um, she is going to get such a pop. Mm. And it's an organic pop that's going to blow the roof off if Wembley had one. Mm of that stadium right it's gonna resonate yeah. because she's just as you said she's the uk's own and who else i think will get a great reaction to that will be jamie yeah. jamie i was just about to say jamie hater will get a a fantastic reaction but because of popularity and how big the name is and the legacy behind it soraya will get the bigger uh pop out of the two but jamie will get a fantastic reception no doubt about that as well but it'd be interesting to see what uh capacity jamie hater will be competing in if she's on the card um because it might be a little bit too far down the line for her to still remain as champion women's champion but who knows um that, that'll be interesting who's to say that soraya isn't going to actually face jamie hater could you imagine if we had a brit versus brit um oh, women's championship match at all in that i mean could, could you imagine though uh face a uh, brit versus brit all Elite Women's Championship, Soraya versus Jamie. Jamie mm. retains. Nice. I mean, that would make, in this country, that would make Jamie an absolute legend going mm. over someone like Soraya Knight. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But we'll see. I There's would lose my proverbial. Sorry? <laughs> I would literally lose my proverbial. Okay. I, want Jamie, I want Jamie to win. I'm also a massive fan because... Um, back when she used to wrestle in England, she used to wrestle for Strike Pro Wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a match against Bobby Tyler, which is now Stevie. Oh, someone in. She's now in NXT. And they she's did a Stevie, move. Stevie Ray or something. Yeah, but she came running. Like the, the, the suicide dive out of the ring and landed at mine and my mate's feet. And if we weren't there, Definitely think she would have ended up in the sound system that was right behind us. And it was is at the moment I always say that the current AEW women's champion fell at my feet. <laughs> I got slapped by Jamie once by Paige. So <laughs> uh Jamie was at UPW at the Thanks. Was at UPW at the Dorchester Corn Exchange and it was a no holds barred street fight between oh her and the Amazon Aisha Ray, who is a tremendous talent in her own right. And we filmed it on um, Handycam, you know, just like standard hand cam. And the footage is on our YouTube channel, actually. 
it was such a violent match. They did everything going into the middle of the road. Uh, and, and if anybody knows Dorchester, it's a town. So there was a, a garage repair shop outside the corn exchange and people were watching as they were changing tires with these two just bashing each other with chairs and god knows what it was brutal but even at that point and that was six years ago um you knew that jamie had the talent to go far so to see her now in all elite um to get over that initial unsettling period you know where she was with um jimmy havoc to start with and obviously all of the of that situation happened and then she took some time out to see her now come back and be at the pinnacle of where she is she looks great her work rate is amazing her promo skills have just gone through the roof so much better than what they were back in the day mm-hmm. and her in-ring ability is up there with the likes of of Soraya and Sasha and Brit and all that type of thing it's they've looked after her really well they, they really have looked after her really well and they've guided her brilliantly as well but I think she's worked for it as well. She's not oh, just come in and coasted. She's worked her backside yeah, off. Absolutely. In respect of, of getting there. And it, it's such a like privilege to watch her on Dynamite or Rampage or even All Access. Yeah. More on that later. Um, okay. So who wants to talk a bit of controversy? It's what we're here for. <laughs> what part of what we're here Well, last night it was reported that a former WWE superstar, current if you can say he's current, because I don't think anybody knows what his status is, all elite superstar, former world champion CM Punk, turned up in Chicago at Monday Night Raw. Um, went backstage, was speaking with various talent, including Tamina. There's a Twitter footage where someone has actually filmed them having the conversation uh, next to a car. He then went and met with The Miz briefly and put to bed any issues that they had to clear the air in inverted commas. Then he walked up and spoke to Triple H, which was the first time those two have had contact or communication since 2014. He was then asked to leave by security and left without issue. So CM Punk at Monday Night Raw, a lot of people are saying it's a publicity stunt by All Elite. But was it? Where do we stand with CM Punk? I think that's pretty obvious. He's not going back to WWE. I, I, I don't. I don't think that's. I think that ship sailed. Uh, I could be wrong, um, but not anytime soon. Um, once, if if there ever becomes an official announcement over the next few months that he's parted company and been released from AEW, then maybe tongues might start wagging. I do know that reports have actually said as well that um, when uh, just before he left, he actually left on a handshake with Triple H. They actually shook hands mm-hmm. before he departed, which is a good sign um, because you know, build trying to rebuild some bridges. Uh, I think CM Punk's got a lot of bridges to rebuild yeah. with people. Um, but, you know, like I said, I know a lot of people say that CM Punk's done and he, he's got no drawing power and uh, AEW doesn't miss him. Yeah, AD, AEW doesn't miss him. I don't miss him on AEW TV. Uh, as I said, CM Punk is legit a, a really good wrestler. Yes, he's lost a few steps because he's got older and for the absent time that he's had from wrestling and what he's having now. Um, but he's still a draw. Uh especially with WWE fans who are still diehard CM Punk fans and still to this day in arenas before the show start will still chant CM Punk. They still do it. And uh, are you sure they chanting CM Punk and not CM they Punk? They still chant CM Punk. They, they do. CM Skunk. CM Skunk. 
CEO. No, it's still CM Punk, and you know people will still lose their. No one can tell me that they that they will not um legit mark out and that um or be you know pleasantly surprised if he turns up on WWE programming again uh to potentially compete again. They will that people they, they just do it because they jump on bandwagons. Me, I'd be kind of like oh, okay, I'm interested to see where this is gonna go, what they're gonna do with him. Um, you know. Whether it happens, I don't particularly care if it happens or not. But I'm not going to turn around and say, "Oh no, no, no!" I definitely don't want it to happen because it will it will turn heads and it will draw money. Still, that's what happens. Well, as we said earlier on, it's Endeavor calling the shots now. So never say never as far as anything Absolutely. can happen in the WWE, as we've heard so often. But you know, Sam, the reports are coming out from Wrestling Observer that Punk is imminently due to return to All Elite. In fact, going so far as saying. June 17 show in Chicago, Illinois is the date when he will be back. Now, All Elite have booked the United Center with the show on that night. It's also going to be very likely to be the debut of the new 605 weekly show on a Saturday, which is rumored to be called AEW Collision and a vehicle for CM Punk because Punk will most likely be the figurehead of Collision and be kept away from Dynamite. So the return was apparently decided weeks ago to sign hit a minor snag. The belief is that Punk will return as a babyface, be the top drawer on Collision, and be linked with FTR. The Elite will remain on Wednesday's Dynamite, and the report added that Warner Brothers wanted Punk back as a star of the Saturday show, while others have refuted that. The fact remains, he was an extremely important component of whatever deal was agreed upon. There's many people, many sources now saying that 605 AEW Collision is the beginning of the brand split. We're going to see a Wednesday night brand. We're going to see a Saturday night brand. God knows what that means for Rampage. Mm. Are we there yet? Is CM Punk, is CM Punk, Sam, enough of a draw for a Saturday night primetime 605 Collision show? I'm going to say the exact same thing as I said for Riddle coming back. Do we miss him? No. Honestly, I truly believe I don't think he's a pull at all. I think the only pull he'll have is the fact of, oh, a bit of controversy. Yeah, controversy sell, sells. I get it. I don't think he's big enough of a pull. He's not. He's He's got still got ring rust. He's still got, it was proven, like, there were some matches, absolute stellar matches, but there was other matches that weren't. I personally think it should be someone else. Like, look at the four, the four pillars of AEW. It should be one of them being the figureheads, not someone who went away from the business like a few years ago, crying, taking his boots and running. No, I, I want a guy who's been literally working his his proverbial um, <laughs> off for the rest of like the, all the years. Like, look at Darby Allen. Look at um, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Look at MJF. Look at um, Sammy Guevara. They deserve to be the person who is the face of a brand, not some guy who sits down on the blooming canvas with a microphone going, is this thing on? Like, I, 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 I totally agree with what you're saying, but I suppose the other thing to ask is you've got to consider the show, right? Wednesday night is prime time, eight o'clock Eastern on TBS. Two hours, been running for four years. It's the, it's the flagship show for all elite wrestling. Collision is going to be 6.05pm on a Saturday night. 
So you've got to think, is viewership going to be there? Because what happens at 6.05 on a Saturday night? You're either getting ready to go out if you're the 18 to 40 demographic or you've got kids and you're getting ready to put them to bed or, or, or whatever. In America, that's, a, that's a downgrade, isn't it, for CM Punk going from Dynamite to, to Collision? Yeah, but the thing is also I find it very, very weird timing. 6.05 and that lot on a Saturday, That I'm a baseball fan, that's baseball time. That That's when baseball's on. When the NFL is on, it's NFL time. Like it's a Saturday. Like that is yes, they're trying to fit into that that demographic of oh, it's a Saturday night sports thing. It's not gladiators. Bradley <laughs> oh, so back, the host of Gladiators. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, um, but I, I find it is a very interesting time, and I do feel like are they? Is it Khan always going? Yeah, cool. Come on, come on back, um, CM Punk. Like. Feel like I get what went on. Let's forget about it. As long as you don't bring Ace along with you, but that's fine. I'll give you a show. Is it, are we? Is it a shutting up technique? Is it? Here you go. Here's your little ball. Go play with it in the park. Or is it actually going? I have faith in you to hold this brand. I, I, I. If I look at it Raw and SmackDown way, I don't see it going to be a massive like thing to go alongside it because of that reason. Quite possibly, and I think you know, Stefan, we're old school wrestling fans. We've been we've been watching this for as long as we've been having hot mm-hmm. dinners right 605 p.m is old school turner back in the 80s that's what worldwide was on um yeah. it's 605 because of the ad breaks we know the ad breaks in the u.s work differently but i think the concern about this and i think sam you've raised a really good point in terms of i'm just going to give you a show to shut the hell up and and, and get you out there but you've got another show on tnt that is not drawing ratings and that's all elite rampage why would you then create this other show that you're going to be using as a brand figurehead going to using it as your own separate brand why would you not be putting your attention onto rampage and going that's going to be the vehicle for cm punk why does it need to have another hour because you've still got dark and you've still got dark elevation on on youtube plus ring of honor too much it's I think they need to make these changes. They need to, I think, maybe scrap Rampage or re or redo Rampage and give it a different concept. Um, I just think, you know, it's, 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 it'll be overkill. But I don't think that week in, week out, the quality of Rampage is, is very good. Um, we have some good episodes of Rampage, but the rest are very forgettable. Um, it's nowhere near on par with Dynamite. Um, so uh, unless they start treating it as such, then you know I, I'm not surprised that the ratings for Rampage uh, are quite low. Um, you could clearly see Collision being a superstars, like a '90s throwback superstars show, where you've got you know superstar against a, jo- a jobber, right? You've got superstar against an independent guy, yeah. and you could have Dynamite on a Wednesday, Rampage on the Friday. There's your brand split. Closer, then you've got Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. So you're, you're working off that buzz of that 48 hour layover time between the two shows. But it's interesting because are they going to have two separate world heavyweight champions on the show? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I know this is leading to the next. There's too many belts in AEW. It, it's leading to the question of what's next mm. for Goldberg? <laughs> because. <laughs> 
there has been a lot of talk about Bill Goldberg. And Sam's face was like, what the bloody hell have I signed up for here? Um, <laughs> hosting his own retirement tour in the near future after he expressed frustration over the way the handshake deal he had with Vince McMahon to do a proper tour didn't really happen. There's also been talk of good old Tony Khan using his daddy's money to relive his fan dream and bring the WCW legend into All Elite. Now, in an update, MJF responded to a tweet on Goldberg's meeting with an international promoter about coming over and doing some shows, took a shot at the former world heavyweight champion. The post was then automatically deleted. It said, and we are going to edit this for family audiences, I'd beat the living proverbial out of this roided up person. We're a PG show, it, you know, it's not 6.05 p.m., but we are a PG show. Uh, so as we said, there are rumors on AEW President Tony Khan working with Goldberg. That chat has made its way to WWE. They're not worried. But late March, Khan said he would not be in Ring of Honor. So Goldberg to all elite wrestling. Do we want to see a retirement tour? Do we want to see the jackhammer? And for God's sake, can we please turn around and say MJF would kick his backside? I want to see a jackhammer because I I still love that move. I don't care who does it. I just I think the jackhammer is an awesome finishing move. I have to say, um, but I I don't really care to see Goldberg like ever again in the ring, uh, retirement or not. I I just don't. Um, he doesn't have wrestling matches. I think there was that the, the last match he had wasn't it? He actually wrestled more than five minutes, and it was actually like, oh my god, Goldberg's actually wrestling a match here, um, <laughs> which which was quite surprising. Um, but I don't think anyone cares. You know, there's no disrespect to Goldberg, but he's so still so much. He, he, what he is is so much well outdated. Um, don't get me wrong, for his age tremendous shape he can still go for a couple of minutes like he does um but that's about it he doesn't really bring anything um it's just there's no excitement there there's no draw there there's nothing um he does bring one know. thing that's lou breaks oh, lou breaks God. Literally, honestly, his only retirement tool should be around all the different retirement homes around the world. Um, Yeah. I I can't find These matches, like, you know, if if you need to, you know, break wind and everything, usually by the time you break wind, the match is over anyway. Yeah, Yeah, but you you, you would just go to the bathroom and have a proverbial. It's ding, 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 two moves, one, two, three, ding, 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 done. It's, you know, is however many hundreds of thousands of uh, okay. Uh, we're going to take this out of the uh, <laughs> the proverbial toilet. Uh, once <laughs> we're going to be going to our first break, when we come back in just a second, we're going to be talking a bit more about news round extra, as well as um, our talking point for this week, which is all about the WWE draft. We'll be back after this. <laughs> All right, so we've been talking over the last couple of weeks about an unofficial hiring freeze. At the beginning of the month, a report was released stating that the WWE has a freeze on hiring, which is why a number of free agents like Nick Aldis, Jay White, and Naomi were not brought in. In an update, Fightful Select states that there was a point where WWE was not bringing any new names. 
they are still talking with outside talent. Uh, and they're also in talks now with former MLW star EJ Naduka, who they released a few years ago due to the COVID-19 cut. The WWE draft is coming on Friday. If you haven't heard about it, where have you been? Because it's all we talked about for the last couple of weeks. And it wraps up on Monday night. Now, while the WWE does prepare to crown the new world heavyweight champion at Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia, um, word now via report from WRKD Wrestling is that officials are discussing the idea of once again doing brand exclusive shows. That means that you would get a show for Raw and a show for SmackDown brand exclusive pay-per-views. Now, it isn't clear how serious the talks are or when they may bring back the brand exclusive events. The last shows to be brand exclusive were held in 2018 on the road to WrestleMania 34 as Raw hosted the Elimination Chamber and SmackDown hosted Fastlane. Talking about pay-per-views this past week, uh, well, last night on WWE Raw, um, it was announced that Bad Bunny will no longer be the guest host for Backlash this coming week. He will now be in a match against Damian Priest. I'll be back with more of TSC in just a second. Coming up next, it is going to be the draft. We'll see you in a second. All right, we are back with more of TSC. Sam's gone. Um, I don't know if he's gone to the to, to the proverbial or, or what, but Sam is not here. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's oh, no, he's wall. gone again. He's in a different location. This is... that, that, looking, looking at the wall there, it kind of reminded me of whether those uh, Blair Witch, uh, you know, found <laughs> the Blair Witch has got him. He's facing the wall somewhere, and so is the camera. <laughs> oh dear, this show is just going There he is This show's going downhill very, very Oh, he's well. the right way round this time as well There you go He was the right way round last time No, he wasn't oh, the t-shirt Oh, okay All right. That's what I was trying to deal with <laughs> <laughs> Now this, this Friday, as we all know And as we talked about in the Newsline Extra um, A certain thing is happening on Friday Night Smackdown and completing on Monday Night Raw, and that's the WWE draft. Um, Before we get into our talking point, a big thing kind of happened last night. Mm. Um, We have a new WWE Championship, ladies and gentlemen. You can see it on the screen. World Heavyweight Championship. Um, I I like it. I like it. It it pays homage to the, the big gold uh, World Heavyweight Championship belt. I like that. I know a lot of people are criticizing, oh, once again, WWE have put a massive logo uh, in the center of the belt. Look, two things on that. Number one, at least the entire front plate of the belt isn't made up with WWE logo like the Universal and WWE Championship uh, championship belts like Roman Reigns has. Um, but what people seem to forget is WWE are all about branding. They're going to put right. that logo uh, front and center of everything. So, you know, but the fact is it's like that, I think it's acceptable. Uh, I quite like the design because it pays homage to it and it looks more better and more like a championship than what the uh, Undisputed Universal Global uh, 24-7, 964 uh, yearly uh, championship thingy, uh, Cyber Sunday championship, uh, hardcore, not so hardcore championship that Roman's got. Um Okay, so that's like yeah. every championship in history. I think, you know, oh. this this to me looks one of the most attractive titles 
since the winged eagle so yeah. if you think about the original winged eagle you know the the, the world yeah. championship that hogan had which then moved into the attitude era austin one which then moved into the undisputed yeah. championship they were good looking belts i like i'm going to put it back up on screen again because it's, it's quite mm. cool. um I do like it. It's definitely got that old feel of the World Heavyweight Championship, as you yeah. quite rightly said. Um, and I actually don't mind this big WWE splattered in the middle of it because mm -hmm. it looks quite classy the way they've done it. Yeah. Unlike what you were talking about with the WWE title. Um, what excites me, I'm going to throw this in quickly. What excites me as well is the fact that because there's that belt, I, I think it now signals the end of Roman carrying two title belts as well. Well, I was just going to get to that because yeah. we've got a trans, a copy of the transcript or the breakdown of the segment that they did on Monday Night Raw. Now, unfortunately, mm -hmm. I would love to play you the video of that due to YouTube copyright laws. I'd be pulled off air. So I can't. But what was interesting about this is that Triple H pointed to how Reigns is coming up on a thousand days as champion. He calls the milestone incredible and unheard of in the modern era. He comments on how Reigns is retained over some of the best. And after being in the business for 30 years, he can't think of many who can hang in the ring. But he says that in these 1000 days, Reigns did something very smart. He negotiated himself into a position where he didn't have to defend the title that frequently. Fans boo. Triple H doesn't blame Roman. And while that is great for Reigns, it's not great for the WWE as the company and fans deserve more. Triple H say fans need more which is previous which is why previously the wwe draft will change the company at the very core he says when reigns get drafted to whichever brand he goes to he will take the current title with him and stay there while the other brand will determine a new champion now this is the interesting bit because that that to me is like saying yeah roman you're done for mate mm -hmm. triple h says this will be a champion you can be proud of you can respect and admire one you one that will defend anywhere any place any time all over the world he says this champion will not have to demand your acknowledgement this champion will earn your acknowledgement and even the title of world heavyweight champion the fans then pop as triple h thanked everyone he walked off as we got a close-up of the new belt I'm calling it right now, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. I know that was what you was going to say. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if Cody gets drafted to SmackDown in the draft, then I think it's pretty obvious um, uh, that that's what they would go with. Um, I found it very interesting, though, that he the way he said, you know, uh, where he said to the fans, you know, you deserve more, the WWE deserves more. And to turn around and say, which I really found interesting, was the way he sold it as a champion you uh, you yeah. forced to acknowledge, um, a champion you can be proud of. It kind of almost belittled the whole Reigns thing in some way, which was quite interesting. And I was a bit like, it's almost like shots fired almost. Like, you know, it, it had, seemed to have this connotation to it. I was a bit surprised the way he said that. That's why I wanted to pick up on that point because that yeah. is that was the same thing I got from it. It's like why mm. are you, you know, you're, you're you're attacking your current WWE champion regardless of whether or not you know he's he's been on brand yeah. or defends it. He currently holds your two straps. He is your figurehead. He's been your figurehead yeah. for five years. He's been your figurehead since the pandemic. He's over a thousand days as champion. The, yeah, the acknowledgement is is 
the best thing for Roman Reigns in years. I'm expecting Reigns to sell it as, um, oh, uh, nobody, you couldn't find anyone to take my two titles away, so you've had to create another one. Uh, and, that, and he turns around and says, what, what are you going to do when I win that title as well? Because, uh, let's face it, the Undisputed Universal Championship, uh, the um, the Intercontopian Championship isn't... Uh, isn't. I- I'm never going to lose them and that, and there's going to come a time where I'm going to end up challenging for that belt. So I wonder if Reigns is going to sell that whole thing of, you know... Um, you had to create another belt because I was unbeatable, and you know, uh, and I've seen. I'm pr- pretty sure everyone's seen the memes of uh, showing the uh, Knight of Champions seeing Roman Reigns with the new World Heavyweight Championship around his waist and holding up the other two. Obviously, he's probably not going to be eligible for those. So, um, but that is to say that that's to say, you know, if he gets drafted to SmackDown, then we know that that World Heavyweight Championship is going to be on Raw. And if he gets drafted to Raw, we know that that World Heavyweight Championship is going to be a SmackDown Championship. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing how this how this pans out. What about the lineage of the title, though? Because they they've effectively called it the World Heavyweight Championship. So, yeah. are we saying it's going to be the first World Heavyweight Champion, or is it going to carry on the lineage not. of the NWA? I would hope so. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure Sam will give his uh, thoughts on it in a second. But one thing I, I will say is I'm glad that's whoever's going to win it is going to earn it and it's not going to be just given like Bischoff gave it to Triple H in 2003, wasn't it? So, yeah. Um, so I'm hoping, or sorry, 2002. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, that they, it'll be interesting to see what type of match they put it up for grabs in. Is it going to be just a one-on-one? Is it going to be a multi-man? Um, you know, I, that in itself excites me is, you know, who's going to be, who's, who are the ones going to be challenging for it? Um, you know, because it's in May. So we've only got, you know, matter of weeks until the event anyway. So literally we're one month away from it. So yeah, yeah we are. Yeah. I mean, Sam, so, what's yeah. your take on it? I mean, we know that you're a, a, an advocate of well, anyone who knows you will know that you're, you're an advocate of classic wrestling. Um, and more than that, I know that you're actually in love with the championship belt because you've been talking about it at four o'clock this morning on the WhatsApp group <laughs> for that, by the way. Um, but what's your take on 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 this new championship and what they're doing with it? Uh, firstly, yes, it's a thing of beauty. Uh, I love <laughs> it. Um, I want it around my waist. Um, I want to get a replica. I'm going to get a replica. It will be on my shelf. It will be on my standing desk that I have right now. Um, no, I truly believe that it's a great way forward. Um, I, I totally agree. I think Roman will do the whole like, well, it's a uh, you. You had to make a title. You didn't give me. You didn't give me the ones. I had to work for them. You had to give the opportunity to someone else because I just wasn't. I wasn't beatable. Like I was unbeatable. Blah blah blah. I hope it isn't Cody. Uh, I've got one name and it's L A Knight. Yeah. Um, I personally would love for L A Knight to be the the next the, the first champion. Well, is it first champion? I think it would be nice if they carried <laughs> yeah. on. It's the one that was retired, the big gold one that I absolutely adore. Um, I think it's a really nice modern take on the old uh, on the big gold. Um, and it, I, when I was looking at it earlier on, it's it, it almost like they've got the old gold, squashed it down a teeny bit, spread it out a bit, and it's kind of almost like a tip of the hat to the old school yeah. NWA, AWA. I, I could go on about all the old classic belts. You can I, tell I, by I, the I, front plate shape, it matches mm. the shape of the uh, of the big gold design. But yeah, Sam's absolutely correct. It's just sort of like they shrunk it down a little bit. Um, made it a little bit wider and plonk the logo in the middle. Um, 
Uh, yeah, it is. I, I, I think it's stunning. I think I saw something really on, on uh, Twitter today. A typical wrestling troll who turned around and said, "Oh, you can tell they've taken inspiration from the from AEW." Mm. And it's like, no, I don't think you can because it, it doesn't. To me, doesn't look anything like the All Elite Championship. But, no, yeah, you know. But anyway, right. Let's let's move on because that is a key part of what we're talking about now, which is the WWE draft. A couple other things to kind of touch on before we do that. Um, several NXT superstars are expected to be called up to the main roster soon. Uh, names that are mentioned are Zoe Stark, Ilya Druganoff, Cameron Grimes, and um, some tag team called Pretty Deadly. Never uh, heard of them. <laughs> nah, I'm not really. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Not really. Yes, boy. After this. Um, also, <laughs> help. I'm never doing a show with you two again. Um, also, it was released last night that WWE have denied the NXT release of Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed, otherwise known as Zach Gibson and James Drake, um, known as the Grizzle Young Veterans. They announced on Twitter that they have been denied. Fowler says, today WWE have denied our release, which was requested on April 3rd. On the 15th of October, we will be free agents again. I want to thank all our fans, and we will see you on the 16th. And Stefan's just literally disappeared out of screen. Oh, God. If you can't read that, it says, yes, boy. Moving on. Right. So, the WWE draft. I set a challenge last week, and then suddenly realized that I actually didn't have a clue how the hell we were going to do this um where each one of us and sam didn't actually know that we'd even invited him until afterwards and we said it on air so thanks for doing it uh would be given a brand we would go away and think about if we were running that brand what would we do in respect of the wwe draft so this is who got what stefan is drafting smackdown Sam is drafting NXT, and I'm drafting Monday Night Raw. The B show. The A show. After my draft, the A show. So it's going to be really interesting to see who's done what, because as I said to Stefan earlier on, I was quite sad and um, got very into this and created a spreadsheet where I marked down all my champions. I, I kid you not, he's not exaggerating. It was extremely in-depth, like, honestly, yeah. yeah. Um, then, it's the I've sort been, of thing you do when you need to spend an extended time on the proverbial. That's when you have fine time to actually do what he's yeah. done. So Yeah, but I, I've broken it down into the men's division and the women's division. I've then formulated, formulated how many trades I've done from SmackDown, Raw, and NXT, what that mm. split is between the men and the women's division, and what my Raw roster now looks at. And then I took it one step further and worked out my face and heel split. You can tell that I've played TEW for far, far, far too long. Far too long. And I never do this for TEW, but I was just doing it for you. So, who wants to go first? SmackDown, NXT, or Monday Night Raw? Gentlemen, let's, let's go with uh, the, our our special guest uh, co-host for the, the for the day. Let's let, let him go with his uh, NXT draft. All right, Sam, the over to you. In fact, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to make you full screen this one there we go the Thank ball you. is in your court sir yeah so my first uh draft pick uh and i'm going to draft him from raw is tozawa uh akira tozawa tozawa um i would 
put him straight over and be in the title picture. Um, uh, not the title picture, the new, um, the North American title picture. He'd actually come out and then face Wesley, go on a little storyline against him, and uh, actually beat him for that title. Um, quite soon after being drafted, um, I got. A, I'm a big fan of Tazawa. I think he'd be absolutely amazing draft. Um, what does that leave for Wesley? Um, well, I'd draft Mustafa Ali over to um, NXT. So that'd be my second draft pick, Mustafa Ali. Um, I think the guy deserves a title run. Um, and that's why I'd bring him down to the NXT roster. And it's not so much bring it down, because I think I, I, I truly believe NXT is actually alongside. So I'd bring him alongside it. But then obviously him and Wesley would be going for the NXT title that's been vacated because Camelo Hayes has been drafted by someone off to Raw or SmackDown. So, mm-hmm. listen to me on this. Yes, boys. Uh, would be in a trade with the Los Lefarios, aka Angel Garza and Huberto I can never pronounce his name. That guy. Um, and they would be like do a swap almost. Um, trade would definitely be accepted on that one because I know Los Lotharios are, are SmackDown. Um, so, so and, and I would definitely take Pretty Deadly. So you, you would get that trade 100%. Yes, I would have um, to say you'd have to fight Raw for that. Oh, interesting. We'll have to wait and see. No, boy. Um, <laughs> so then I would bring uh, Baron Corbin or Corbin or Happy Corbin, whatever you want to call him, whatever okay. gimmick you want to give him, you'd bring him down and swap him for Joe Gacy. Uh, I think Joe Gacy deserves to be on the main roster. Um, I put bring him up to the main roster and put him with Dexter Loomis and Eric Young into a creepy, like um, creepy three man uh, tag team, a bit like you have three man tags many of through the years. I think they would work perfectly. Um, all three of them were holding the title. Um, Joe Gacy held one with was in Evolve with Eddie Kingston and I can't remember who the other person member was, but they were amazing. He's amazing. He deserves to be on the main roster. But I'd happily bring Corbin in. Uh, I think Corbin would be an amazing, especially these days, Corbin, with his knowledge as well. He's loved backstage. Bring him down. I think he could do a really good storyline with many of the wrestlers um, and really help the younger guys, um, especially if you broke up the Creed brothers. Him versus um, Julius on a storyline would be incredible matches. Um, I'd bring Lacey Evans from SmackDown. Well, you um, could have her. <laughs> because. Hey, not so easy. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd not so much trade her, but I'd see her almost taking the spot of the, the main heel as such instead of Cora Jade. Um, I think Cora Jade has had her time on NXT. She deserves to go up to the main roster. Um, and then here's one that I would always give. Uh, I'd make sure it goes up to one of you guys. Uh, I'd send Baz <laughs> and Celtic uh, Witches, as I call them, to join Pippa wow. Niven, Nikki Cross, and Drew McIntyre to be a Scottish stable. Because bringing Drew down to join those guys, and so same with Nikki Cross and Pippa Niven, I would do, say it's damaging to those three compared to Gallus and I call them the Celtic Witches, but that. Send them up. It then leaves a massive thing. That means both tag team titles are vacated. And that's a perfect opportunity to get rid of the women's tag team titles. Not needed. Um, 
I think they should have more women going towards the women's title, not the tag title. Um, and that's my that's basically it for me. Um, but there's a there's a few that I feel that could come down. But there's some who I feel like have, if they come down, they're just going to go straight back up again, and it'd be like, what's the point in being drafted, wasting a draft pick for someone else? I think what you've done is a really interesting take on NXT. I mean, some of the guys that you've brought down, like Baron Corbin, you can have him um, and then release him relatively fast afterwards. But the the um, Akira Tozawa, I mean, seriously? A- Akira Tozawa? Really? Yeah, he's amazing. You can't... I see what I see what Sam's going with this because you've got to look at the talent. See, if they're on your brand, you have the opportunity to repackage someone. Yeah, you do. And yeah. I think Tazawa, he, he has talent. It's just poor gimmick uh, choices. Yeah. That that's what it comes to. That comes down to ninety nine percent of why a lot of talent fell and don't get used. It's not because they they haven't got what it takes. It's because their their gimmicks that WWE get them to work just don't work. They're not they're not good enough. And um, I, I, I think that's a really good take. I think Tozawa could really work well with, with many of the wrestlers. Like uh, Tozawa versus JJ Dolan, um, JD Dolan would be an incredible match. Him versus uh, oh, Axonic Axiom. 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 That's how I pronounce it. Um, or even Tony D'Angelo. Any of those guys, I think. Did you mean JD Anderson. McDonough, not Gigi Dolan? Because I think Gigi Dolan and might be a good intergender match. Maybe he, not ready for it. He'll always be Jordan Dolan in my head, so I find it really hard. Oh, to yeah. But he, I think he can hang with all those guys. Hang with Apollo Crews. They've, they've had matches in the past. Uh, the, I think some people have been robbed of their opportunities when they. I truly believe they should be given bigger things and. Imagine Tazawa having the North American title, which is truly, truly beautiful title, around his waist. And I think Wesley deserves to be now up in the main title picture if he's not drafted by one of you guys up to the main roster. Well, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens next for the draft for NXT because I think because of what's coming up next, could I go next, please? Well, as is NXT, next. Next, oh. next to Roy. See, come on. I'm full of them, right? I'm I'm full of something. The proverbial. proverbial yeah. uh, all right. Sam, I think that's really good. Let's see what happens on Friday. If anybody from NXT is actually eligible for the draft or if anybody comes down to NXT. But now it's time for this. I'm going to draft Monday Night Raw. And so I, I, I've obviously done some work on this. As, as I alluded to earlier on. Um, so I've actually drafted 17 people from SmackDown and eight people from NXT. Yeah. Not who you expect, though. Um, I've also split the championships. So I have got the new WWE champion, Cody Rhodes, on my brand. Mm. I've also got the intercontinental champion, Gunther, who I've traded from SmackDown on my brand. Um, I've got Rhea Ripley as the Raw Women's Champion on my brand. And I've decided that after speaking to COO Triple H, I've split the WWE Women's Tag Team title. So I've now got the Raw Women's Tag Team titles, which is Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. And my WWE Raw Tag Team Champions is Pretty Deadly, who I've traded from NXT. All right. 
So that's that's my championship roster, if you will. So the male roster, the men's division, if we look at it, um, I'm just going to go through the trades, really. Gunther has been traded from SmackDown to Monday Night Raw. I would then trade Bron Breaker from NXT to Raw. Um, Grayson Waller from NXT to to Raw. I would make Sami Zayn uh, would stay on Raw. I would make Kevin Owens move to SmackDown official, uh, move to Raw official. Could do that. <laughs> LA Knight, yeah, would move from SmackDown to Monday Night Raw. He would then not a chance on shine. <laughs> he would then go into a feud with Roman Reigns. Uh, JD McDonough would be drafted from NXT to WWE Raw. You can't Rick- Ricochet and Braun Strowman <laughs> would be drafted from SmackDown to Raw. Shinsuke Nakamura would be drafted. I would keep Seth Rollins, The Miz, uh, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio. I would trade Rey Mysterio from SmackDown to finally finish the feud. I would then also go for the New Day, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. I would keep I would keep Chad Gable and Otis as a tag team on Raw. And then my last male uh, draft picks would be Seamus, Drew McIntyre and Ridge Holland. And I would keep Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis on Monday Night Raw for obvious reasons, which is coming up next. But then this new Monday Night Raw, this new evolution of Raw would feature a very enhanced women's division. So not just men, but but very much a female contingent. So it would obviously have Rhea Ripley as my Raw Women's Champion and Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez as my Women's Tag Team Champions. They would be joined by Becky Lynch, who would remain on Monday Night Raw. I would then draft Indy Hartwell from NXT. Can't have <laughs> Thanks, you've said that to everybody. She would line up with Candice LeRae, who would be remaining on Raw, and the stable would be reset from NXT, Gargano, LeRae, Hartwell, and Dexter Loomis. I would bring Emma over because obviously Rich Holland is coming over and you've got to keep a couple together. So I'd bring Emma over and, you know, it's all about me. Um, Bailey... I'm to... not with Rich. Oh, well, she is now. <laughs> Bailey... Bailey and Dakota Kai would stay on Raw. Cora Jade would be drafted from NXT to Monday Night Raw. Um, Tegan Knox, Natalia, and Shotzi would also be drafted. Tiffany Stratton and Roxanne Perez would be drafted from NXT. And Stefan knows where this is going. I told him it wasn't going to happen. Nikita Lyons would also be drafted from NXT to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yep. See you later, guys. Thank you. See you next week. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. So the tag teams that I would have would be pretty deadly. The New Day, Ricky Shane Strowman, and Judgment Day. So that's my Monday Night Raw draft. I mean, that's fantasy booking to the extreme. But you've got to admit that that would be a killer show. If you had that roster of talent without, but no, no Roman Reigns, no Bloodline, no Usos, no Solo Sokoa, they can stay on SmackDown. This is a new era of the WWE Monday Night Raw. It's interesting you uh, say about Tiffany um, Stratton. She apparently is, there's reports coming out that she's actually said she does not want to leave. She NXT, doesn't want to leave. No, yeah. she doesn't. But she doesn't feel that she's ready for it. She feels like she will, she'll be lost in the masses. And I, I agree. It's quite refreshing, actually, for someone to be honest about yeah. where they're at. Um, Who else said totally that? Agree. 
somebody else said that before, didn't they? I can't remember who it was. Uh-huh. And they they moved they then moved up to the main roster. Um, mm. I can't remember who it was, but anyway, that's Monday Night Raw. What do you think? Mm. I'm shocked yeah, you didn't right. bring anyone back. Like he's been out of action for a while, like Eric Young or people like that. Okay, so I'll be brutally honest with you. Um, I forgot about Eric Young, and then when you were doing yours, I forgot about Isla Dawn in Idris Elba. <laughs> Not Idris Elba, because that's... Idris Elba! Because <laughs> <laughs> Jason Statham more you're at it. <laughs> Elba Fire. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Like Hayley Ray, which is what everyone else... That's the one. I forgot about it. Yeah. But actually, the, the idea you did at the stable was really good. <laughs> Elba Fire. Mm. I just think, like... I just think... that. Just imagine LWO versus, like, SWO... <laughs> Scottish World Order versus the Latin World Order. Amazing. Just don't be Celtic World Order, wouldn't it? Don't bring Hogan back. All right, Stefan, your shot. So this is Stefan drafting WWE SmackDown. I'm going to move you over here so you're now big screen. Oh, blind me. That's a close-up of of, uh, Sam's chest. (laughs) Don't want to see that. Okay, so I'm drafting on the basis of this is how I'm going to do things. Um, tag teams um, in terms of uh, men and women's, uh, there's only one set of tag titles per gender. Um, I'm scrapping the brand. I am. Um, therefore, the tag teams, when they hold the titles, are eligible to appear on any show to defend those tag titles only. Uh, Raw doesn't agree to that. Well, tough. Um, and I think the masses probably think it would, uh, considering how thin on the ground tag team divisions are for men and women anyway, it's probably a smart move. So um, I'm doing what I think would probably be right on there. So um, SmackDown for the first pick, SmackDown drafts from NXT, Cora Jade. I take Cora Jade. Yeah, I take Cora Jade. Um, I'm also going with an with an enhanced women's division, but I'm going for a women's division where women who really do deserve an opportunity. So and the key alliance uh, being drafted. Yeah. My women's no, no, she's not. You can have her. Um, so we start. My women's division are ma- is made up right. So we we got Bailey, Dakota uh, Dakota Kai, Io Sky, uh, but not as damage control. I'm going to separate them. Io's going to turn face. Uh, Dakota um, will remain a heel, as will Bailey, uh, but they will not be associated any longer. Chelsea Green, oh, and she's yeah. going to get a push. Uh, Emma, to Neil Dashwood. Um, would, you re- would you repackage her as to Neil Dashwood? I would. I would. I, I would. I would. Yeah. Um, uh, Zia Lee is going to get a push as okay. well for, for, for me. Um, I'm also going to call up from NXT uh, Indy Hartwell. Uh, and uh, again, I will put her with Candice LeRae, similar to you, but I wouldn't have this big reunion with, with it being Dexter and, and all that lot as a stable because they wouldn't be seen too much together apart from probably backstage segments and whatnot. Um, I'm going to put Scarlett as an active member of the roster uh, in the women's division. So she just won't be just accompanying and carrying cross to matches. She will be competing uh, herself. Um I am also going to call up from uh, NXT um, Alba Fire, not Idris Elba. Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. 
they're gonna they're gonna come up as well as um oh crying out loud why am i forgetting her name now um why is my mind gone blank the um the one who's currently uh the one who's got the love thing going on with oh god the lawyer kiana james kiana, kiana james, james. Yeah. yeah i'm calling kiana james up uh as well um i reluctantly will keep bianca Bit belair um but mainly to help enhance other talent um yeah. sorry bianca but yeah, you that's can have the way. Don't want to. Um, I would also keep Charlotte Flair. Um, you can well. have her as well. Yeah, that, that's absolutely fine with me. Um, so those are my picks at the moment for the women's division. Uh, I would probably uh, draft in Ronda Rousey and give her a future endeavours. Uh, okay. I'll draft her just to release her. Uh, <laughs> um, right. Okay. So as for the men, um, LA Knight. Yeah. It's going to say, yeah, it's going to stay. Um, I'm also going to um, call over AJ Styles as well as Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson and really, really use them. Nope. Um, I would also draft Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Um, I would call up uh, Gallus and Pretty okay. Deadly as well as um, Joe Gacy. From, from NXT. I would also then call up um, the uh, uh, Tony D'Angelo and Stax because I want to I want to build a proper tag team platform uh, in, for the men's. And I think NXT currently have got the best tag team platform there is. I'm not going to call up um, who, who most people know as the Grizzled Young Veterans because they're going to see out their contracts anyway. Um, so they can, they can go. If they, they want to go, they can go. Um, I would have booked them better, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> I would also keep hold of Otis and uh, Chad Gable uh, as well. Um, okay, so then I'm going to draft Braun Breaker, but I'm going to book him completely differently, uh, but as a main heel. was one of the main heels and change his gimmick. No more of this uh, uh, singlet nonsense. Uh I actually quite like the way he's showing up on Raw as a heel now, where he's just sort of like got jeans on and whatnot. A bit like how uh, British Bulldog was in the uh, in the late 2000s. Oh, sorry, early 2000s, when he was in jeans and whatnot. A bit like that. Um, I would uh, draft The Miz, and I would actually push them. I'm sorry, but The Miz has got talent. He has. Um, and I actually think he's probably an ideal employee because he just gets on with it, no matter how stupid he's, that, what, what he gets to do uh for me it works um i would also take the viking raiders oh god no yep <laughs> i want to take uh, johnny, yeah i'm going to draft johnny gargano and uh also the returning tomaso champa and i would reunite for a period of time diy uh just again for tag team uh reasons uh, I would also keep the Brawling Brutes minus Sheamus. Uh, Sheamus can go. Um, I would repackage uh, Butch Backers, Pete Dunn, uh, Rich Holland. Uh, I, you know, I'd keep him as a tag team for a little while, uh, again, for the, the enhancement purposes for the tag team. Uh, I would also keep the Usos as well as I would take all of Imperium and give uh, Gunther uh, pushing him to a main eventer. 
Uh, I would take... Um, I will allow you to have Sami Zayn reluctantly. I would allow Raw to have Sami Zayn. I would take Kevin Owens, definitely. Uh, and I would give him a push. I would take uh, Cody Rhodes as well um, for, for main event purposes. Um, I would take JD McDonough from NXT. Um, you can have Rey Mysterio. Got no problem with that. I would take all of Legado Del Fantasma because I'm a fan and they need a push. Um, I would actually push Santos Escobar to the maybe like the US or intercontinental title picture and obviously uh, Del Toro uh, and Wild tag team again. So I want to really push the tag team division. Uh, I would keep Shinsuke Nakamura. I would keep Xavier Woods, but let go of Kofi Kingston. I think Xavier Woods has shown he can really have a career as a singles wrestler. Um, I would uh, future endeavour hit row. They can bugger off. <laughs> um, I would keep carrying cross. Uh, obviously, really? with Skylar, but I would keep uh, carrying cross. Uh, I would bring in Matt Cardona. Uh, no, that's not on the cards. You can't do that. I this think is, the deal's already signed. I you think cannot, the deal's you, okay, you can't, can't do that. No, because, because I didn't think of it. So I can't do it for Raw. <laughs> You're not doing sign. it for SmackDown. And he's well, also you've not got Eric that. Young. Yeah, you've got Eric yeah, Young. Eric Young is forgettable. He's definitely not. Yeah, is not. That's the whole point. That's yeah, one. What makes what separates my brand from yours is no one's forgettable on my brand. All right. Well, let's let's wrap up your brand. Come on, then. Hurry okay. up. <laughs> uh, the I, would show draft, the spread I would draft. Before, yeah, I would draft as a, a singles wrestler, uh, Montez Ford. Um, I would also take. I would take Roman. I would take Raquel. And I will take Austin Theory, and then the others will be drafted as and when uh, under later. So there you have it. There are our three drafts. I mean, it it sounds to me like NXT is the show with the cruiserweights, uh, because that's what you know. The, the, if you look at some of the feuds that you've done, SmackDown the cruiserweights are the more deserving. I call it. Yeah, SmackDown seems to become the show with the tag teams, uh, in in essence. And Raw is just the, the world-class premier brand. So no it's, uh, it's interesting. No what do you guys think? Let us know uh, across social media. Also, what in all seriousness, what do we think is going to happen on the WWE draft? It does kick off this week. Are we going to see any major blockbuster trades? Will we see the bloodline being split? Will we see the bloodline going to Monday Night Raw? Will Cody get drafted to SmackDown? Where are those two horrible championships going? I think that's the the big interesting question because now um i think now they've made the announcement of the new wwe champion the whole landscape of wwe is changing and this draft is going to be more important because do you they've got a bit of an issue now do you put it on the flagship show which is you know the longest running weekly episodic television in wwe raw or do they put it on to smackdown which is on Fox, so the larger audience, you know, which which way do they go with this? This is a big this is a big thing. This is gonna make one of those two brands, I think. I, I personally yeah. I would put it on Raw. You've done the announcement on Raw. Yeah, I think the fact that I think Fox love Roman, I think keep him there. I think why would you change the grain? I I felt I, think, I did feel like it was a little bit weird. I think 
that to have this belt announced on Raw for it then to be a SmackDown belt, I was I felt it. I was like, okay, that's the Raw belt. That's going to be the it, it, back in the day when you used to have it that Raw had the World Heavyweight title and then SmackDown had the WWE title. It was then vice versa, and it was the the fact in the draft you always knew if the World title went to one brand, the other brand was going to get the other title, and it, it was always that factor. I think uh, Raw is, I think Rome. Sorry, Roman is fully established on SmackDown. He was drafted to SmackDown, and regardless, he, yeah. he might have made the odd sporadic appearance on Monday Night Raw, but he was mainly on SmackDown. So I can't, I wouldn't see them changing that. Um, but there is an argument for who will win the WWE title. And to be honest, I know I said Cody Rhodes will 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 win it. Um, Seth Rollins has got a damn good shot. I, I personally think don't think the Roman factor really matters because I think we all know in very due course and that he's taken uh, an extended period of absence. So I mean, him to be drafted to either show, so what, I don't what, think really matters for a little while. What happens in that point then? So if Ro- let's say Roman drops yeah. the undisputed WWE World Heavyweight Title, mm-hmm. right? Let. I know, argument's sake. Let's say Austin Theory is drafted over to SmackDown. They have a match. God forbid, something happens. Theory goes over Roman Reigns, wins the title. Zuh. Right? And yeah, I'm, I'm, it's it's make-believe right now. Um, do they still keep the two straps? Or are the two straps exclusive to Roman Reigns? So what happens then? Do we just get the blue WWE title? And is it still called the Undisputed WWE Championship? Or does it go back to the WWE Universal Championship? That would be the interesting thing. I mean, I would probably just drop the Universal thing because not many people are a fan of it anyway. But it's not the first time and it won't be the last time that a new belt gets uh, unveiled uh, after the the titles have changed hands. I mean, we saw it probably one of the most recent ones was when um, The Rock beat... um, yeah. Punk for the WWE Championship at, uh, at before Mania, wasn't it? When he when he beat Punk and he got rid of the spinner and replaced it with the god awful massive scratch logo title, um, which is more synonymous with what well it's essentially what we have now, but with the up to date logo nowadays. But um, I, I, I mean, think what will happen is he'll lose the titles and whoever becomes champion will unveil a new championship. But what they call it, I don't know. But I just think it should just be the WWE Championship. I think the problem is at the moment, and this is maybe a good way to end this segment before we move into when am I, um, is we've effectively got three world championships now in the WWE. Mm, Yeah. Actually, we've got four. We've got four world championships if you count the NXT one. But... On the main brand, on Raw and SmackDown, we have got three world championships. I, I think so, Kill. I, I think we need to go. If, if you're doing the brand split properly and you're doing proper brand split and you're making a big thing of it, then you need to do the whole factor of mm. separate tag team titles, separate thing. If you're going to do it, that you're going to have now two separate titles, and I know obviously Roman's got two. I'd say almost the fact that you would also go down the line of uh, do the whole classic. Well, you've done this title for them. Well, what about if I make my own title? And he he creates he bring he it reveals a title that is like those two combined. He's like he's like I'm going to show show you up and that blah blah blah. I think that could work. But then there's also the factor of if you're not going to do a proper brand split, then why are you doing a draft? It's so, an intriguing point. And I, yeah. I think also, I like someone uh, put on Twitter the other day about the fact if we're doing a brand split, 
can we have back, except for the big four, can we have separate pay-per-views? So one pay-per-view is Raw, one pay-per-view is SmackDown. That's what we talked but we, we had that news report in News Extra about they are potentially planning to bring that back. And Yeah, I'm not a fan I, of it. I'm not a fan of it. I love it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm with Stefan. I don't think it's necessarily the best thing to do. But in this era of not being concerned about buy rates and it just being about if you've got the WWE Network or Peacock, realistically, what have they got to lose? Well, someone even, someone even brought up a thought, and I really liked it that you have it that just before Christmas, instead of having TLC or whatever that gimmick sh- that show is, have it bragging rights. Yeah. And the thing is, mm-hmm. Raw. Versus SmackDown. The winner of the automatic thing doesn't win a big trophy. They win night two of Mania. Oh, they interested. are the brands that hold. So then a WrestleMania will be night one would be Raw and night two would be SmackDown. It's literally just their pay-per-views. And that's how you do big storylines that they build up. You do the bragging rights. They have the bragging rights that they get to hold Mania as the main, like night two being it really the main event night. They, that, I think that would be an amazing way to do it. I think argument would turn around and say that night one was always the most premier night if you look at the last two yeah, years of WrestleMania. Yeah, but, you know, they, they, they package it as the bigger night. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Versus Cody on night yeah. one. Yeah, but, I know what you're saying. But the reason why that why night one works is because it should still be on one night. I am I'm I am one of the few who think that, but I still think it should be on one night. I, I, I think you lose something having on two nights. And do you know what I want now is Peter Griffin to suddenly appear and say, that's what grinds my gears. Uh, <laughs> right. That's, that's the WWE draft. Okay. So that's what we're doing. Stefan, before we go to break and we go to story time, um, we decided, or more to the point, you decided last week that we were going to bring a new game called When Am I? This is a play on Who Am I? But it's when am I? So, um, yeah, I'd forgotten Stefan had already written this and I was about to do it. So, Stefan, over to you. When am I? Okay, guys. So, um, five questions from hardest to easiest. Uh, You've got to name uh, when or what the event is. So, okay. This pay-per-view, it is a WWE pay-per-view, took place on September 22nd, 1996. Okay. <clears throat> okay, the uh, first match featured a Caribbean strap match between Savio Vega and Justin Bradshaw. Okay. Don't go Googling either, Andy. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but I'm not. Okay. All right. Um. <clears throat> The event took place at the Core State Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The pay-per-view portion of the show featured six matches. Oh, this is the one where the power cut went out. This is the one where the lights went down and they had to redo the rest of it on Raw the following night. Do you know what it is? No. It's an in-your-house event, but I can't. Okay. Uh, on this match featured a final curtain match between The Undertaker and Goldust. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Is it the main event? Mm. No. The main event was Shawn Michaels versus Mankind for the WWF Championship. 
uh, mind games. It yeah. was. It was in your house. Ten mind games. That's mind correct. Game. Yep. Yeah. You are correct. I could. I got confused because when you said September the twenty second, nineteen ninety six, I instantly went to the following year because obviously mm. you did the SummerSlam Heart and Soul, and then it was. I think it was Ground Zero, which was um, the Patriot versus Brett the Hitman Heart. Um, so that's kind of where I went there. Well done. Where am I? Okay. There we go. Next week it'll be Andy's turn. Oh, great. All right. Over to you, Steph. <laughs> Okay, ladies and gentlemen, get yourself comfortable because it is now story time. In front of a sold-out crowd, there were chants of thank you, Paul, from the crowds alike as Paul Heyman looked very emotional as then followed by ECW chants filled out the entire ballroom. I want you to know I'm not crying. My eyes are red because I was in the back smoking a joint with Rob Van Dam. I have a need in my heart to thank Todd Gordon for giving me the chance to be creative and book for you crazy bastards. I have a need to thank that man, Ron Buffoon, and his partner, Charlie Brazis, for sticking with us and sitting in a TV studio and building that TV show for you. And you are the craziest bastards I've ever met in my life. And I love every one of you. And I was going to take the high road and just say thank you and leave. But I have something to say to you. As Paul Heyman points up to the balcony area where there's an abundance of WWE performers sitting there. You see, I've waited a long time to say this to you, Eric Bischoff, but in case you don't notice, it's not Paul Heyman with his towel between his legs and going to a WCW pay-per-view and you are in our house, bitch. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hide your wives. It's Edge. Now, Edge, I know nobody with a written promo has the balls to say this to you, but I have two words for you. Matt freaking Hardy, to which Edge counts. That's three words. The crowd erupts as massive pop as we want Matt chances. Edge does a little bit of a spit of uh, his beer. A bit like Triple H, but not as good. Well, with that, and I almost forgot about you, Mr. Shoot Promo himself. Bounce check and ECW went out of business as he points to John Bradshaw Layfield. Hey, John. On a personal note, from all of us, just to you, since you want to shoot, Cowboy, and the only reason you were WWE champion for a year is because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. And now, one more time, for old time's sakes, right here and there, so the whole world can see us. This ain't WCW. This ain't Monday Night Raw. And this ain't SmackDown. This isn't even WWE. And this, my friends, is E. C F N W. Paul Heyman, ECW, One Night Stand, June 12th, 2005. That story. 
All right, that was story time. Uh, I, I cut you off at the end there. Sorry, I thought you were done. Um, but there we go. Right, we are rapidly running out of time for this week's show. So let's get to our next bit. This is Rewind. Um, we're going to look back into history now over the week of April the 25th to April the 28th, kicking off with this iconic photo. It took place on April the 25th, 2000, one of the most infamous title changes in WCW history took place on Thunder when David Arquette became the WCW champion. The change happened um, in a match when Arquette teamed with a Diamond Dallas Page against Double J Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff. The rules stipulated that whoever scored the pinfall became champion with the Scream Star pinning Easy e to win the big gold back about to shock the wrestling fans around the globe. I mean, that was iconic, wasn't it? I mean, I still remember watching that now. Mm. Um, just after watching the great Ready to Rumble uh, with uh, oh, Scott Khan and David uh, Arquette. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I actually watched it the other week because I, I ended up having to get off eBay a, uh, a copy. It's, it's quite rare to get nowadays, uh, Ready well, to expensive Rumble. as well. Um, uh, luckily, I, ha- I, I managed to get it for about three quid. Someone was selling it, and they put up the listing on that day, so I'm not going to complain. Um, but yeah, um, it was it was an awful decision. Let's face it; it really was. Um, I've grown to have a lot more respect for David Arquette uh, in terms of wrestling from watching the documentary movie uh, "You Cannot Kill David Arquette." That was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, also, the fact that he almost died um during uh one of the matches uh the best matches he had on that as well and uh got to meet him uh, in october last year uh up in uh, manchester uh spoke to him about wrestling i'm, I'm a big screen fan as well so it was kind of a, a double a double win for me uh and i said to him you know um you've earned my respect and i know the respect of a lot of others because of what you've done since uh, and he just said, I just want to be validated in some way. I don't want to be remembered as a joke. And, you know, fair play to him. But it was a terrible decision, booking decision uh, at the time, absolutely. Yeah, it was. But it, it's going to go down in wrestling history. We're still talking about it today, 23 years after the event. Now, one of the other things that took place many, many years ago happened on April the 28th of 1996. And it was... Scott Hall and Kevin Nash making their final TV appearances on the WWE for six years during In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies from Omaha, Nebraska. The main event saw the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, retain the WWF Championship against Diesel in a no-holds-barred match. Uh, We also saw Razor Ramon lose to Vader. The Body Donners retained body donners uh the world wrestling federation tag team titles against the godwins owen hart and the late great well both of them late great owen hart and british bulldog were victorious over jake the snake roberts and ahmed johnson and the ultimate warrior and gold dust intercontinental championship match ended in a no contest on the free-for-all do you remember the free-for-alls back in the mid 90s yeah you know top and gal uh, oh, doing the opening thing, he done it on NXT. He does, he does it for NXT in your house. Well, he, he did does. it for the first NXT yeah. in your house. Yeah. I mean, those were the days, weren't it? Well, Mark than Mero, the pre-shows that we have now. Yeah, the wild man, Mark Merrow, picked up a DQ win over the one, two, three kid, Sean Walkman, due to a run-in from Hunter Hurst 
Helmsley. What happened to that Hunterhurst Helmsley guy? Who knows? He married someone called Stephanie McMahon, got a hell of a lot of money, and is now running the biggest wrestling company in the world. He did pretty well for himself, really. And rises terror. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Terror rising. Uh, Notable one for that as well in uh, 1999 was also the pilot episode of SmackDown was taped uh, from New Haven, Connecticut as well. Just throwing that one out there for those who uh, might have been interested in another monumentous moment in history. I I just remember seeing Michael Cole and Jim, no, was it Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler doing call for that one, wasn't it? For the first pilot episode. Yeah. And then it became Michael Cole. And anyway, right. TSC top picks. A look back at our best. We Mm. should reverse this one week and do worst of the week and just see what happens. Because that would be very (laughs) interesting. Uh, When we look at best wrestler, best show, best match, best segment, promo or angle, best storyline, company moment, and a new one that I've popped in this week called Guilty Pleasure, which... I don't think anybody has actually picked up yet that there's... And no, I'm not talking about Nikita Lyons' Instagram account. Um, <laughs> Sam's face is like... <laughs> right, let's kick off. Best wrestler for any company. Who are we going for? Bronson Reed. What? What? Oh, he's, he's picked up the ones I've gone for, the one I've gone for for the last couple of weeks. He's gone for that. <sighs> I, I, honestly... That man could do wrong at the moment. I, I honestly think he's amazing. I think what they're doing with him is is so right as well. The fact that they're 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 make they're building him to be this big brute, big brute, big brute. Get the US title for a bit, and then I, I call it that in the next two years he'll then be going up the, the uh, up the league, shall I say, when it comes to like football and all the sports, but up. <laughs> up the ranks to then be even further. But that's my personal pick, uh, Bronson Reed. I've said it every week for the last month, almost last month, because yeah. he's just amazing. He deserves to be bigger than he is. As long as he doesn't win the World Heavyweight Championship at Night of Champions, I'm happy with that. Because uh, he doesn't deserve it. Stefan, who's your best, uh, best? I was going to say best match, best wrestler? It's getting late. Best wrestler for me. Um, I'm actually going to go with Cody for the for this week. Um, I, I quite enjoyed his match on Raw uh, last night, um, but also his promos that he's been cutting uh, again, uh, building up the the the, uh, pen, the upcoming match with Brock Lesnar. Uh, I yeah, I just think um, I think Cody really looked good this this past week. So I'm going to go Cody. It's been a little while since I've given props to Cody, so I'm going to give that to Cody. As a hype man, you can't get any better than Cody Rhodes, can you, really? I mean, he's just Not so good on the stick. Whether you like him yeah. or whether you hate him, he's so good on the stick. Yeah. I, I'm going to go to Dynamite, and I'm actually going to go with Sammy Guevara. Okay. So I thought that match that he had on Dynamite with Jack Evans... Uh, Jack Perry, sorry, for the... You're not related to him, Andy. To be honest, mate, I wouldn't want to be related to Jack Evans. Um, <laughs> but the the match he had with Jack Perry and that swerve at the end with MJF mm. uh, was brilliant. And you cut that promo with him and Darby Allen mm. and Jack Perry to top the show. It, it, those four, those three in particular are really leaps and are just bounding ahead at the moment. You can see why they are the four pillars. It was a very emotional promo as well. Sammy Guevara is just brilliant. Yeah, Sammy yeah. Guevara. Yeah. Okay, best match. For me, it's the, it is that main event match that we spoke, you just mentioned, uh, Sammy Guevara uh, versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Um, I thought it was highly entertaining. 
the brilliant switch and seeing MJF and um, Sammy Guevara rolling around in the ring, hugging, like, saying, oh, we're friends, we're friends. Like, it was just crazy, uh, back crazy uh, fun. Uh, but it was a good, it was a humorous ending to a very good match. Um, mm. So that's my match of the week. My, my match of the week is would have been the same thing. And if you hadn't gone for that, I would have gone with it. But I'm actually going to go to Rampage because I watched Rampage this week. And there was a real amazing opener. And people, it wasn't amazing as in it's not a five-star match, but it was one of the best ones between John Moxley and the fallen mm. angel Christopher Daniels. who A very can, respectful match. Yeah. Well, mm. uh, uh, up until a certain point, that yeah. can still go, right? But they did it. They went for about 15 minutes. There was a, a bit of a code of honor at the end of it between Moxley and, and, and Daniels. But I thought it was fantastic. Really good, really yeah. good match. Yeah, it's definitely a worthy mention, that one. What Sam? about you, Sam? Uh, for me, it was the Mercedes uh, Monet match where she lost her title. Um, just, just an amazing match, um, I thought well put together and it was a big shock as well the fact for her to lose i was a bit like um pardon what pardon what so i was like i hope they're not using her as a trend transitional champion as such i was very surprised at that but i thought amazing match well she signed an extension for the deal but i still reckon she's going to end up in all elite at yeah. some point in fact who knows who for as far as we know she could have done a stefan and she could be debuting back in the WWE as part of the draft. And they've worked out an agreement with New Japan. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past them. But Iratani, she's kind of, I know there's a lot of memes and jokes out there that she's basically a John Cena. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing all those. Not all saying those a word. But yeah, Not it was a very, word. very good match. It was a very good match. Okay, let's go to best segment, best promo, best angle. Um, if mm -hmm. you guys don't mind me kicking this one off. There can only be one, in my opinion. Chris Jericho, Adam Cole, Britt Baker, the outcasts from Dynamite. Yeah. That was yeah. just brutal beyond belief. Seeing Adam Cole saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to Britt, who is getting some stiff kendo stick shots from, from Saray and I. It was brilliant. Yeah. And they played yeah. it so well with Jamie being taken out earlier in the night because i actually forgot about that and was going hang on why is hater not coming out to, to do the save but they called it on commentary she got taken out beautifully done um yeah. and that look between jericho and soraya knight was just it was it was magical yeah it was it, it was um i know a lot of people were criticizing uh aew for you know putting a lot of focus on Britt baker the fact that she's obviously Adam Cole's partner in real life, just like a lot of people were the same with Tay Mello, uh, the focus on Tay Mello and Sammy Guevara's real relationship. But I think when it's you, when it's done correctly uh, to enhance sympathy for the face or the baby face couple, uh, a bit like Beth Phoenix and Edge in WWE with the judgment day thing, when we saw Edge quit in the I quit match yeah. uh, before the concerto on Beth, uh, when it's done correctly, that's great. And I, the thing is as well is I think, uh, especially from watching the uh, debut episode of All Access, uh, AEW All Access, seeing a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff with the relationship between Adam Cole and Britt, and you can tell how how in love they are, but also the, the way they really do support each other. Um, it, it really does tug at your heartstrings when you're when you're really supportive of them. Um, you know, I mean, I got to see. I mean, I met Adam 
um, a few years back, but I also met Adam briefly again last year at Dallas at WrestleCon when I met Britt. And you can even just see them that when they're around each other and everything. It's it's really, really, uh, it's, they've got a beautiful relationship. They've, they've got the sort of relationship and the mutual love and respect that you would hope to have with any partner, uh, really. Um, but yeah, when it's done correctly, uh, that's great. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see where this is going to head. I really am. Yeah, I, I just think it, it was... I'm not against it at all. I think, like you said, it was beautifully done, and the 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 emotion and what and, and also it's catapulted the outcasts as number one heels in that women's division, if there was any doubt. And it's put focus on the women's division and yeah. on this match between Cole and, and Jericho that we know is going to be a bomb burner anyway. Sam, what about you? Best segment, promo, uh, or angle? Yeah, there's exactly exactly exact the same moment. Um, for me, that's that whole segment with the outcasts with Jericho. Um, I always felt like a little heart back to um, back when um, Triple H was uh, handcuffed and you had Randy Orton punted. Yeah, I felt yeah, like that, yeah. but it's done better. And when, uh, and I, I felt it was it was you felt yeah. into that moment. I'll tell you what, when AEW do it right, they do it right. Mm. I just want to touch on what Sam just said there about how it reminded him of the Triple H, Randy Orton, Stephanie segment uh, that we had. There was another throwback, you know, that it reminded me of as well. There, there is that, that he's right. That does also remind me of that moment. But when it was the, uh, before uh, Britt got to the ring and before Adam Cole was attacked, when it was just uh, Jericho and uh, Adam Cole in the ring, and they were talking about respect and looking up to, you know, him looking up to Jericho, etc. Very much reminded me of, of Jericho and Shawn Michaels uh, yeah. on the, you know, when they had that on the build up to their WrestleMania 19 match that they had. Yeah, totally. um, it was, yeah, but it was good to see Jericho this time as the veteran and Adam Cole was the younger uh, guy, you know, even though Cole's been around uh, long enough. But, you know, it, it reminded me of that. So it was a couple of good throwbacks in there, but they did it perfectly well. Amazing. Right. Moving on. Best storyline. This um, is a tough one. This is a real tough one. Sam, kick us off. Uh, literally the storyline we've just been talking about. Okay. Um, fair enough. What it would be. I think it's what is working so well. I love how they're, do, they're building the outcasts um, because I think eventually one day one of them will turn face <laughs> and it'll be a massive shock. Um, I could almost call it that Soraya could turn face with um to save Jamie at Wembley. Well, maybe. Like it could be a tag team match or something like that, and she actually goes to save yeah. him. And then you've got these two British women standing there in the ring yeah. holding up their hands and the, yeah. the thought. Um but I I just love that storyline at the moment, the facts of the outcast. And I'm also loving the whole Jericho and Alan Cole baby. Two, I mean, two legendary storylines. And I love the fact they're entwining them. I think that's very clever booking by mm -hmm. All Elite. The women's the women's division may not get that respect by the fans, but combining it with, you know, Jericho, who you know can, can cut a promo, and, and Adam Cole as well. Um, I'm tied for best storyline at the moment, and I can't separate. And it's oh. funny because it's, it's All Elite again. But I'm tied between the pillars, uh, Guevara, Allen, MJF and, and Jack Perry and the BCC and the elite. I mean, that was, I, I thought that was tremendous promo and Daniel Bryan doing that whole new, you know, cocky, arrogant heel yeah. on the Titan Tron or sorry, the AEW Tron. And then, you know, the others coming out and doing the sneak attack. 
we talked about William Regal at the top of the show. This is the best the BCC have been, even with William Regal. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, mine, my, I'm really torn. Mine's a three-way. You've got that elite uh, BBC. You've got the four pillars. But also, and I know people are probably going to roll their eyes, but again, I actually thought Raw, with the Sami Zayn bloodline thing again, they, they picked up the ball again. The the fact with Sami Zayn and Jey Uso, and then again later on with Jimmy, and then seeing, you, you can clearly see the whole fact that Jay's really torn uh, and uh, and conflicted, uh, and the fact that it's really starting to show again. Uh, I th- I thought this was a pickup that we kind of needed because the last couple of weeks it's kind of gone it's simmered a little bit where there's not been that much going on. Um, but I'm I'm I, yeah I'm going to give it uh, to the BBC and the Elite. Uh, they just edged it because uh, to bring uh, uh, Takeshita in, uh, which was no one was expecting. I love that bit though with. Um, uh, see Don Callis come down with the chair and then kind of just drop it and think better of the situation and then uh, bugger off like a coward only to bring Takeshita out uh, and then him helping Omega clean house. Loved it. I think what an addition as an ally to have for the elite as well. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> wait to have an eight man. This is going to be fire. Sorry, Stefan. Sam, are you telling him or am I? Oh, is, it, is it the British broadcasting companies that are in AEW or the Blackpool uh, Combat Club? Yeah, the BBC. The elite of the BBC. <laughs> going to start calling the Combat Club at this rate. <laughs> Sorry, that's what was cracking us up. It was quite funny. Uh, okay, best moment. I think, you know, I'm sure... You're going to be unanimous in this. The best moment of the week is the unveiling of the WWE Championship, right? Yeah. No. Nope. Sam's going no. I love that title, to... but there's one thing. LWO's new theme. There's... Okay. Oh, didn't yeah, expect tribute that. to Eddie Guerrero. The bring, I, I, for me, I, I, as an author, it was so, so brilliant. And I love the fact they're not making a big thing of it, especially after Chavo's kind of said to... Uh, oh, yeah. Please, can you just like Charlie trashed his house at that precise moment? You know, yeah. uh, he trashed his house. The thing I don't understand though is why Charvo's making it almost sound like, and I could be wrong, but from my point of view, it's almost as though no one's allowed to milk the Eddie Guerrero thing apart from him now, and yeah. and I think that's wrong. He was so when he was with WWE, he was still so in, in, involved in it all and and all for it that. If Vicky Guerrero doesn't mind and appreciates the love and, and respect showing to Eddie in his memory with what the LWO are doing and what uh, Dominic and Ray have been doing, and that then that's fine. You know, at the end of the day, I think she's her or, or his immediate family, uh, and that are the only ones. I know Charmo's his nephew, but still, um, I just think there's a little bit of bitterness there. I don't know whether it's because Charvo's not having the opportunity to you know, do his own thing regarding that. It's a really good theme, but I really like Legado del Fantasma's theme as it was. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully they'll go back to that once the LWO thing's over. But yeah, it's great. But the World Heavyweight title unveiling for me uh, was best moment because of the significance of, of it. Okay. So three left. Best show for the week. Dynamite. Raw. Raw. I've got to go dynamite, and that's three weeks on the bounce for me now. It had more. It had more. It it felt that two mm-hmm. hours went like that. 
It's yes. not often that you yeah. watch a show and then you go, I want more when, it, yeah. when it's a wrestling show, you know? And that's and that's what we got with, with Dynamite. Um, best company. Who is the best company this week? Impact. Why? Because of the pay-per-view. Not just pay-per-view, how they've done everything. I think it's so what the storylines they're doing. Yeah. I'm not saying they're the best storylines, but they're so... They, it's almost like they've planned the next three, four months and then sticking to it and have almost contingency plans to make it not seem like they're going, oh, ah, okay, this person's injured. We're going to have to chuck this in. Oh, we're going to have to chuck that, that in. That Sometimes AEW and WWE do. They have these big storylines set out. Someone gets injured and we're like, right, we're just going to chuck all of that idea. <laughs> and then press control, alt, delete compared to instead of the impact I feel, I feel at the moment, and especially this last week, have really proved it. Like Steve Macklin as the, as the um, champion. Oh, love it. He, 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 he's been brilliant since back in the NXT days. So. And let's think, you know, Macklin's only really got a shot because Josh Alexander's out injured. And now you've got this great feud between him and Nick Aldis, which I'm really for. I, I think the good thing about Impact is, is because they're so under the radar now, in, in respect of what they do. They're actually putting on a brilliant product, but not mm. many people are talking about it. You know, and that's and that's a shame because they are the rebellion pay-per-view was fantastic. And I think the the matches we're going to get with with Macklin versus Aldis, even Diana Perrazzo and Jordan Grace at the pay-per-view was brilliant as well. It was enjoyable. I, I think show. Impact needs another mainstream um channel. Yeah, um, they do, and, and it not yeah. being subscription uh, behind yeah. subscription, uh, yeah. I think that that harms the product in terms of you know the the, the crowd at their live events and their shows uh, are, are a smaller amount, and it's a more intimate crowd uh, and setting uh, compared to what AEW and WWE offer. Um, but I just feel that um, to get more eyes on the product to see how good they're doing in there and their really good work that they're doing should be seen by more eyes. Um, so I think that's what they should do. But my best company, I'm going to give it to AEW um, this week. Uh, they edged uh, WWE for me. Um, the Four Pillars thing, the Elite and the Combat Club, and uh, the Outcasts, uh, Adam Cole, Jericho Appreciate, all of that lot. Um, there's a lot going on there, and they're doing it right mm, um, totally for agree. me. So, yeah, so I'm going to yeah. give it to AEW. It's enjoyable time. Okay, so that now brings us to our new one. The guilty pleasure of the week. And you're all looking at me going, what the hell is guilty pleasure? It's anything. What is your guilty pleasure of the week in respect to professional wrestling? Stefan? Um, I'm Do you know what? I'm going to give it to um, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Okay. Because um, just your pleasure. <laughs> it's working. I, I mean, the, the mic work. I think they need to do less promos um, because it's very samey. Um, but I love how you're trying to keep it professional. I really love how you're trying to keep it professional. Um, their, their, their work, in-ring work, is they're good. They're, they're doing well as a team. They're getting booked on shows more frequently as well. Um, which is good, which it could be more said for previous uh, women's tag team champions as well. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm enjoying what they're doing. Um, it's just a shame that there's just not enough th real proper teams for them to work with, really. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say they're my guilty pleasure. 
was going to say, I mean, going back to your point about tag teams, they they look brilliant, and it was great to see them win yeah. the tag straps, and now they're getting a push. Liv, we know. It reminds me of the female versions of Shawn Michaels and Diesel, the two dudes with attitude. You've got Raquel as the, the Diesel, uh, and that, and you've got Liv as the more mobile, fast yeah. like Shawn Michaels, the more athletic, like yeah. the Michaels mold. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's who they remind me of, and I, I think they're, they're doing good. Yeah, so my, my my guilty pleasure for this week is that I've binged watched all of AEW All Access, and I bloody love it. It's good, isn't it? It's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's what I, I was really doubtful about it, and I know I kind of did the proverbial on it last week, but um, I absolutely love it. I think the concept is brilliant. They, yeah. the 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 way they've done it, the Seems more realistic to what Total Beavers and that lot was, isn't it? I mean, let's be frank. It's scripted. It's fake. We know that. But they've done it in a very clever way. Even the Thunderosa stuff with Busted Mm. Open and bringing Dave LaGreca in um, and the obvious tension between Tony Storm and and all that type of thing. And even cutting the mics when they were doing the promo uh, for Soraya's return. You know, when she announces she's clear it's done really well and i think because you've got someone like renee paquette who's there as well who's got that experience of total divas and so is soraya they've brought that expertise in and they've just done a great job i look i'm looking forward to seeing where the rest of the series goes but yeah all access is brilliant love it yeah yeah, yeah my uh, my good pleasure is how good uh ricochet and braun break uh braun Strowman, so i say as a tag team i think it's yeah. it, how they still go in as a tag team? I don't know. I was surprised by it. No offense, but I did. I wouldn't have put the the, the the odd couple. I wouldn't have put them together. But they work so well. Like them versus Viking Raid, amazing. So that, that's yeah. why I drafted them to Raw. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it for this week. Yeah. It's been a bumper one, Sam. Thank you for joining us. It's been great having you. Of course, Pro Wrestle Dorset. Um, in the background there, uh, logo designed by the amazing. Uh, lead tires and obviously more news coming out on pwd in the very near future including dates for the for the first show and the venue and who's booked on it as well so really exciting time for for pro wrestle dorset massive shout out as well to our sponsors as well we have wrestle merch bring them up wrestle merch central uh go ahead over there uh, wrestling merch for the fans, by the fans. Um, head on over there, and uh, we really need to get our TSC uh, shirts on there at some point soon as well. we'll I'm working on. Sort. I'm working on it. I've got the yeah. uh, the designs from a Nikita Lions guy all ready to be uploaded. Um, uh, I will be speaking to Mr. Tires in the near future to see if he will design <laughs> us some merch. So, uh, Lee, if you're listening to this, please, because I'm terrible at it. Um, um, yeah, and the other thing as well, as we mentioned last week as well, just to give another plug, if you uh, want to go to WrestleMania in Philadelphia next year, uh, email um, tours at progresswrestling.com. Uh, head on over there for uh, your quote on how much it is, and then you can put your deposit down um, with them. Uh, definitely worth doing. Um, head on over there. And uh, we will also be bringing you next week some information on the Hooked on Wrestling latest uh, watch parties coming up, uh, including Money in the Bank as well, where you can go there, you can uh, watch, drink, eat, uh, enjoy many uh, quizzes and games and uh, things that they have there for fun, where you can win prizes uh, as well. So uh, big shout out to them. 
also coming up here on TSC in the next week, Sunday uh, or this weekend. I'm not sure when because it's bank holiday. Stefan saying yeah. no, no extra. No, there's no TFC extra this weekend. I am un- unavailable to bring that uh, to you, but I will be back uh, next weekend um, as well. But uh, we will be back as normal next week. Cool. So- what we do. Well, I didn't know that. So um, thanks. Next Tuesday, we are back live at 7.30 with the Backlash preview. So we're going to give you all of the fallout from the WWE draft. It will have concluded the night before at Monday Night Raw. Um, If you didn't know a draft was happening, we've only talked about it for two hours. But uh, we will be giving you all of the fallout of the WWE draft, plus the full preview for WWE Backlash Will Stefan stay in the lead in the predictions? Uh, no, thanks, Sam. Uh, oh, cheers, Sam. <laughs> we will find out. In I'm the Andy briefing. Evans guy. <laughs> that is a oh, That explains a lot. That That's why he hired me. The top. You need one is the I'm an Andy Evans guy, one is the Stefan Bennett guy. No. No, we never did one. And the best selling one is on the camera. That's that's why you hired me as the head commentator. I just love how I just love how confident Andy is with this whole uh, being my boss thing. When he realizes he's not actually Stefan Bennett's boss, he's going to be Kieran Cross's boss. And uh, well, that's a whole different kettle of fish, mate. Uh, Kieran Cross is a pussy cat, you know. I'm not okay. worrying. I'm not worrying about Kieran Cross. You know, his dress sense is a little bit to be desired. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. clip this. This clip moment, what you want. Clip this. You clip what you want. I'm not afraid of Kieran Cross. Kieran Kieran uh-huh. Cross can, uh, can, uh, kiss, can kiss the administration's ass as far as proverbial. The proverbial. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. That I is just it. want to say, uh, yeah. Thanks to Sam. Like last time he was on, it was uh, I nicknamed him uh, Sam Attires, and that. But tonight he's uh, Sam Proverbial Attires. Yes. So he's building up a new nickname. His nickname's getting bigger every every time. You're gonna want a t-shirt now, aren't you, Sam? There we go. You're gonna want a (laughs) t-shirt. We'll put it on the PWD store. Who knows? Uh, (laughs) That is it for this week. Sam, thanks so much for joining us. It's been great having you on. I hope you've all enjoyed uh, the TSC this week. More to come. We will see you very soon. Until then, thanks for joining us and see you at the matches. Take care, guys.